Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. English singer and songwriter Charlie Cunningham makes music that references earlier English singers like Nick Drake, as well as classic jazz and even flamenco, which he studied in Spain. The result is a body of intimate, largely acoustic songs, the kind of thing that you might expect to draw a small, intimate audience. But Cunningham's songs have racked up more than half a billion, yes, billion with a B, streams, and he's about to release his third LP called Frame. Charlie Cunningham joins us today to play a couple of his new songs and one older one. Here he is playing Downpour. If I had said Why are you still wrapped in your head Firing questions at the world Looking for the line of sense If nobody sees what you may think they see No one's picking you apart All of it you may believe And there's more than one way to get round this Which voice will today be the loudest? Boyhood dreams Pulling you down to your knees Leave you questioning your worth Anything you once believed Go instead Lie on your back and play dead Never feeling the return all unsaid Just how near to another downpour, a fallen sky. I, old fears, goodbye. You'll surely be my downfall in good time. I long for I hardly see She said there's always a time and a place for this type of thing Perhaps not now though I don't think 
That is Charlie Cunningham live in our studio with a song called Downpour, which will appear on the new album Frame, which comes out on March 31st. Charlie, welcome. Good to have you here. Amazing to be here. Thank you. So um, I've noticed this is Downpour is not the only instance in your songwriting where this happens. Song form is kind of an elastic thing for you. Mm. You know, I mean, when we say the word song, most people take it to mean chorus verse chorus a b a mm. that's not how downpour works out no that one didn't end up that way no um it, yeah sometimes it it does sometimes uh, yeah, yeah but yeah sometimes it's a bit more um through composed is a is a thing that i a term i heard recently that i think is sometimes what i do you know we're just following the feeling of it a little bit more than and right. then that guides you a bit right yeah that is a term that goes back to franz schubert Right. Oh, really? Yes, writing his art songs in Vienna back in the early 1800s. Through composed. Uh, durch komponiert, through composed, yeah. Oh, wow. Some of his songs are not, but some mm. of them are. So they don't have that ABA format. And this song was like a ABACD, you know, it just had, <laughs> it just, yeah, it, as you say, it just kind of follows wherever, wherever the, the lyrics are leading. Mm. And speaking of lyrics, um, you know, this song refers to old fears. Mm. Uh, there's a song, um, Pathways, on the new record that talks about the old days. Mm. Um, a character in So It Seems is reliving his failures. The, there's lots of characters on mm. this record who are carrying the weight of their own personal history around with mm. them. Well, I kind of, I've been saying that we're kind of like the sum of the various um, aspects of our person personalities you know we're kind of a, we're we're a few people or at least I am and um I think th often I'm basically trying it's there's conversations happening between the different aspects of me I think and sometimes it's a certain voice like with that one it's like which voice will today be the loudest you know it's it's kind of that thing really that mm. um was happening a lot on this record because you know we were all um pretty much at home without without other people you know so it was you're kind of left to your own your own thoughts much more than usual perhaps and um these different characters were trying to were showing themselves through that that time so yeah i think you're that's a good spot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so m m most of these songs then were written during lockdown pretty much yeah some of them like musical ideas um were existed before but pretty much all the lyrics actually were during during that time yeah. Right. Um, it's interesting to to hear you playing this guitar. It, th we don't see a whole lot of nylon string guitars. Uh, and you were telling me before we went on, Mike, that this this actually is a flamenco guitar. This is a kind of a result of your time spent in Spain. Yeah, this is um, made by a guy called Antonio Bernal, who lives in Seville. Um, he's got a few workshops around Spain, but yeah, he's um, he's based out of Seville, and I had. A much more um, uh, basic, I want to say, guitar for the, most of the time I was there. And then as I was nearing the end of my time, I thought, maybe I can justify this now. Maybe I've earned <laughs> it, you know. So I went in there to his workshop and intimidating environment because on the wall it's got pictures of Paco de Lucia, Paco Peña, who we were talking about before. So he's in there and he's like, you know, then you, you feel like you ought to play something in front of him. <laughs> so it was quite a traumatic experience, to be honest. But he was very kind and um, we've been in touch ever since, actually. Uh -huh. yeah. what, what drew you to Spain and to flamenco music in the first place? Um, well, I was uh, lots of things, but I think the main thing was I wanted to somehow get some understanding and of how to approach this 
wonderful technique that I've kind of had heard over the years and it just seemed to have such an amazing dynamic range mm -hmm. to it and um, as someone who often does play songs on his own the um, you know trying to establish dynamic um, uh, opportunities or whatever um, was always something that I was wrestling with a little bit and I would just listen to this music and I worked in a bar with lots of Spanish people and they would play me more and more of this stuff mm -hmm. and I was got more and more and more into it and um and I was at a time where I was 27 when I went over there and I was like I think it, I'm just gonna go and just immerse in this for a while and I wanted to I thought super naively that I'd be there for a few months and I was there for three years you know uh -huh. I'm still trying to do it you know still yeah. got it. <laughs> well and you know what it what it seems to have done for you is you know it your your guitar playing is neither the kind of folky strummy stuff mm. or the the finger pick it's mm. it's almost like approaching classical guitar mm. where you know you have this kind of interplay of different lines mm. both melodic and bass lines going simultaneously so yeah for a guy who's going to play by himself a lot that's a really really useful thing to have in your in your toolbox for sure yeah it was and then i i, I kind of yeah, I waited until I thought maybe I could go back and have a go back to the UK and have a have a crack at, at this. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I went back and got work playing in bars, just playing kind of guitar in the corner. And then once I was kind of paying my rent with the guitar, I then reapproached the song writing, um, and that, and that's basically how I did it really. Huh. Yeah. So uh, does the music come first? Yeah. yeah. And then you fit lyrics to what you've written. Yeah, definitely. Huh. Okay. Having said all this about you and the guitar and the songwriting, Frame has lots of piano. <laughs> it does, yeah. So was that your first instrument? Yeah. Piano was what I had when I was a kid. We were lucky enough to have a piano in the house, and um, I would spend a lot of time on that. In a, when I got home from school, I would just kind of sit on it, not really, like you know, not with music or anything like that. I, was, I just found it to be a very kind of... Um, like friendly kind of instrument, welcoming in instrument, you know? I think it, it, you look at it and it kind of makes sense in front of you a little bit, huh. you know? It, and um, So it, many kids are the opposite. They're intimidated by the, the sheer size and, you know... Yeah, but I wonder if that's something to do with, like, the, the sheet music that's put in front of them, which is so intimidating. Um, and, and somewhere along the way, uh, you know, you picked up uh, an interest in jazz. I mean, the, on, on the new album, there's a song called Water Tower, mm. which has some very kind of, uh, if I say jazzy chords, I don't want people to think of like Thelonious Monk, but more, mm. more kind of torchy. Mm, nice. Uh, yeah. That's that end of jazz. It yeah, seems. definitely. Well, I was like, I, during the lockdown, um, I don't know how many times people talked about lockdown on your show, but I'm doing it again. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> we all lived through it, we Charlie. <laughs> We're I, all still talking about it. I just kind of dug it into. Um, I, I had a big gap in my knowledge that was jazz music, really, and I, I, I my band members were um, really into it, and um, I would was introduced to Bill Evans, and which kind of blew my mind, and then obviously Miles Davis, and and. Ornette Coleman and all these kind of things, and I just immersed in that a bit. And I guess maybe some of that is—I'm not even saying I'm anywhere near these dudes, <laughs> but maybe some of that, um, some of that stuff has found its way in slightly.
Well, uh, Water Tower has some lyrics, but it is mostly instrumental. Mm. Um, are you familiar with David Sylvian? No, I'm not. An art rocker, uh, lead singer of the band Japan early oh, right. on. Uh, I mean, there, there are moments in his music where you would never say this is a jazz musician, but mm. you would say this is a guy who has listened to jazz. Mm. And that was the feeling I had with Water Tower. Brilliant. That you weren't trying to be Bill Evans, no. but that you were someone who had like worshipped at that altar at some point. 100%. <laughs> yeah, that's my kind of um, my interpretation. Yeah, and it was super lyrical. Like the, the I think it's a really lyrical bit of music. So it didn't. I did try. I I knew, messed around with putting lyrics throughout, and it was just like this isn't this isn't just isn't necessary really. It just didn't feel necessary in that song. I felt like it was, and pretty much, an established thing. Yeah, you know. Um, wh what about the title of the album? I mean, Frame is one of the piano-based songs. What, why is that the title of the record? Is there a kind of significance to that? Yeah, it's pretty simple, simple really. It was just, um, I just thought it was, a, it was that period of time, and I thought it was just, uh, it was just let's put, you know, that frame of time, if I'm going to be honest. Ah, you know, okay. I thought it, that, it, it made sense, and I was just trying to s somehow sum the whole, <laughs> sum of it up for, my, for myself in the future, and... That's the frame. Okay. So it's a snapshot of, of that time period 100%. that you can look back on. Mm. Uh, we're speaking with Charlie Cunningham. The album Frame comes out on March 31st. You want to do Bird's Eye View, another sure. song from the new record? Yeah. Here's another live performance in our studio. Thank you. 
They don't know this skyline Look away every time We can change if we try There's more to think of besides those fears Eventually disappear mm-hmm, Entirely Slip away In the night There's nowhere to run Go where you hide When there's nothing to say but goodbye I wish you good luck I'll see you on the other side Charlie Cunningham in a live performance of the song Bird's Eye View, which you'll find on the new record Frame, out on March 31st. Charlie, it was interesting um, hearing that song just after you had talked about this idea of a time frame, you know, of looking back maybe later on down the road at this period of time during lockdown. Uh, because m- memory is another, you know, the, the character here, doesn't uh, takes some reminding mm. later on the title track the character doesn't need reminding mm-hmm. you know th- this this kind of the the pull, push and pull of memory whether you want it or not mm. is, is another kind of thread that seems to be woven through this album 100% and this that song in particular kind of relates to my um, grandmother who um who died just before the pandemic which in in some ways is I'm sure it's 100 in some ways it's maybe a, a good thing I don't know but um, I think, um, and she was very collect, um, connected to um, her religion. And um, and so when I was a kid, kind of when I was with her, so was I type of thing, mm. you know. And um, and I think when she died, it, it was a reconnection to that um, thing. And um, I kind of, it was, I kind of embraced it in that, in that moment, you know, even though it was quite fleeting, perhaps. It was still a, um, it was a comforting kind of thing. Um, and again... Yeah, but memory is a big probably part of that. Yeah, you know, her memory. So she was a religious person. Do you consider yourself to be a religious person? No, I don't think I do. But I do consider myself to be, um, you know, I'm a pretty spiritual. That was going to be my follow-up question. Yeah, pretty yeah. spiritual dude. I mean, I <laughs> wouldn't, I would never, um, be able to. I, I couldn't possibly to try and like wrap it all up and and have any idea what's what's in store for us is like beyond i think anyone's comprehension and we shouldn't even try and you know right but but songwriting Mm. you know even you know the most like pop kind of by committee song there's still some you hope some sense of spirit yeah in 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 that in any kind of creative endeavor yeah 
But with this kind of songwriting, you know, where it is so kind of interior, and as mm-hmm. you said before, you know, the, the different characters that you are, mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about these half billion streams that your various songs have collected in a day and age when pop music is loud and mm-hmm. pulsing and mm-hmm. <laughs> your music is anything but. Mm. Yeah, it's curious, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of struggling, not struggling, but being wary of it being too me, 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 you know? I, I kind of feel like it's, um, it, you're trying, you're, you want people to connect to your music, but um, um, I do, do try and leave a, um, some ambiguity there so that people are able to um, make their, put their associations on it and project their things onto it. I like to leave space for people to do that. But with this record, it was, it was more difficult to do that because it, it really was a, um, uh, uh, an insular kind of personal mm. kind of record, you know. So that was quite a daunting actual undertaking, really, because it was, like you say, it's quite clearly a bit more about the guy doing it, you know, <laughs> which is um, pretty exposing and pretty vulnerable um, spot to be in. But you got to do these things sometimes, haven't you? Uh, have you been playing these songs in front of people? Mm, not really, not yet. I mean, I've done... So you just just in the process in now. the process doing it now and um, we've got a tour coming up in um um in april where i shall be doing mm-hmm. that so yeah it's all right so fun. i know it's early days but how does this feel you know singing these songs uh, <laughs> i mean it's, it's playing it in front of you is pretty intimidating <laughs> but i think i think I, I thought it's no it's feeling no no they feel they're, they're feeling good yeah, yeah feeling good about it well you know one of the other things about this record is it's got these very kind of subtle production touches yes Mm. the voice it's you your voice your guitar up front but you know towards the end of so it seems you've got these Mm. half heard voices Mm. off in the distance what are those voices towards the end that are literally what are they yeah is it you yeah it's me um some of it um well there's the there's the soaring um horn lines and but there's the voices yeah it was um it was actually some of it was a, a lyric that i sang earlier in the song that we then um, um, slowed down, reversed, and put a, and affected slightly. So they are real delivery. There is real kind of words and stuff. Just right. Yeah. But you would never. I mean, you, you get a sense. You know, it's a human voice, but it it, it sounds unearthly. And, yeah. And yeah, kind of. And uncanny. Yeah. Which is yeah. Thank I, you. Yeah, I kind of go for that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> 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 Starlings mm. has this kind of glowing chorale at the end. These little touches that that really add um, they add color, but they also add kind of distance, mm. both both orally because they're not up front, they're far off, but but also it's like maybe it's not all about just this one guy.
Yeah, the sense of um, yeah, that creating that space occasionally, and you know, the mind can wander into big, expansive places. You know, in um, and particularly, you know, with that period of time, it it did do that, and um, and I guess yeah, you wanting to wanting to um, give take it out of that small room sometimes, and kind of give the context, and then home it back in. You know, and I was trying to make sure that those expansive moments felt really organic and felt that they had just rather than it being big statement moments, you know, right. that they were subtle, subtle arrivals and then you were just kind of taken off a little bit. And maybe that's some of the spirituality stuff, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah. So um, the the two songs you've done for us so far are both from the new record. Mm. Um, you want to do something from uh, from Lines next? I could do, yeah, I could do something from Lines. Or there was... Um, yeah, or, or permanent, or permanent way. way. I thought maybe because I could do one that has a little bit of that um, flamenco thing that we were talking about. Yeah, and then yeah, it might be a good way to link all that up. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, one thing that you don't hear so much of on on frame is is the flamenco. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's there at the beginning of mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of the songs, yeah. uh, "Watchful Eyes." Yes. Yeah. Um, but. You know, it, it, I think it. Yeah, in in this uh, this song, don't go far. It's it's a little more evident. Yeah. So was this how f- how far removed were you from your studies in Spain when when you made this? Um, I was still. I mean, I'd got. I was well and truly back. So I'd done a record before that. But I think um, I just wanted to um, really kind of acknowledge it on on this song or on a couple of moments on permanent way. I think I was kind of careful that I didn't want to be too much. You know. That word fusion was the one who I was trying to <laughs> trying to keep away from, but I also wanted to acknowledge it a bit, and I think I kind of do that a little bit on this song. All right, this is uh, going back to 2019 in the album Permanent Way. The song's called "Don't Go Far." Here's Charlie Cunningham live in the studio. <laughs> Don't go, don't go far 
Far is the name of the song, uh, an older one from Charlie Cunningham from uh, from 2019. So uh, we started with with downpour, and I asked you about the song form there. In flamenco, they have what, there are seven kind of major song forms, or what's the word they use? Palos, the palos, yeah, right? like yeah, bulerias and cigurias and all those kinds of. Do you do you play with any of those? Is is this song sort of? A yeah. version of one of those? Yeah, this was a, um, um, it's in the harmony of a solea. Solea. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which is, um, yeah, so that all that kind of little intro that I did was like, would be the. Just makes you want to shout, ole! Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Yeah, it's, it's, so that was, that song is in that harmony, basically. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. So, Beautiful. Yeah, thank you very much. So uh, has has writing songs on the piano kind of, I mean, all of these songs on frame are from this period that we're now hopefully coming out of. Mm-hmm. Has this kind of changed the writing process? Have you been writing again since the since, end of lockdown? Yeah, I have. Um, I've, yeah, I've, I've loved having piano back in kind of my world again. And I feel um, I've, got, I've gained some confidence on that instrument um, over the process of making this record. Um, so I'm looking forward to continuing with that. And, um, yeah, I think um, it's always a way you finish one and, like, it's kind of a, re- a relief and it's out of you and then you instantly want to go and kind of do do some more, So, which is a nice feeling to be in. Mm-hmm. But you've got to try and be present at times sometimes and not just always be jumping onto the next thing. So I'm going to try and sit with this for a little bit before I jump onto new songs, I think. Okay. 
Uh, I understand you'll be back here in the States uh, mm -hmm. later this year, yes. including a, a, a gig here in, in New York. So yeah. uh, we'll look forward to that. The album comes out on March 31st called Frame. Charlie Cunningham, thank you so much. It's thank been great. You. What a pleasure. Thank you. And thanks to our usual crew, technical director Irene Trudell, producer Karen Havlick. Our video editor is Eric Weber. I'm John Schaefer. You can find our videos on the New Sounds YouTube channel or, of course, right here on the website at newsounds.org. So few cares And never so on